0: Hello, personal productivity and community. Welcome to Anything But Idle, the productivity news podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Co-working Space by Personal Productivity Club. I'm Ray Smith, And
1: I'm Augusto Pinot.
0: And we're your hosts for Anything But Idle. This is episode 58, Teaching Productivity to Your Coworkers, Family, and Friends. What could possibly go wrong? And we're recording this on May 3rd, 2021. Uh, each week we review and discuss the productivity and technology news headlines of the week. And to do that, we have invited Dr. Frank Buck, uh, most people are overwhelmed by the amount of paper and digital information in their lives. Frank Buck makes organization easy, so you can increase your productivity, decrease stress, and enjoy life. Glo- global Gurus ranked Frank number one in the world in the time management category for 2019, 2020, and 2021. Uh, three's a charm. His career path took him from band director to principal to central office administrator, and now to productivity coach and speaker, Welcome to Anything But Idle, Frank.
2: Glad to be here. It's always a pleasure. Looking forward yes,
0: to it. Yes, absolutely. And we, we've invited you on the show just because we like having you, but also because uh, tomorrow is National Teachers' Day, and of course, absolutely, having a yes. background as an educator, you know what it's like. And so this week's theme, we wanted to talk about teaching productivity to coworkers, family, and mm-hmm. friends. And I'm I'm curious, let's just start off with why would it even be important to teach productivity to your peers family, and friends?
2: Well, first of all, it, it's generally not formally taught anywhere else. You know, it, we ask all the time, why don't they teach this in schools? And there are pockets where it happens. There are individual teachers, especially in elementary school. But by and large, it's not something that's formally taught anywhere. So if we don't do it, it's not going to get done unless somebody just runs up against the brick wall and goes, I I got to get organized. I got to do something so we can help them. Um, And it's something that it's kind of the gift that keeps on giving all throughout life. You teach these skills, it makes you better in everything you do, whether it's learning the cello, basketball, cooking, the principles that you learn as far as productivity are transferable everywhere. That's why we're all in this space.
0: Absolutely, Augusto. How about you? Why do you why do you like the idea of teaching productivity to coworkers, family, and friends?
1: Oh, let, let's. We need to make a distinction in there. You you make it a, a wide nest. You know, I I I'm completely fine with the um, friends and coworkers. I hands down on the family aspect. I I have quit that job for for a while now. that's
0: not true that's not true you have young children and they need to learn through modeling from their father how to be productive right and that's an important component of it right so um, so so why is okay. that important
1: well it, it is important as, as dr. Bog was saying in a serious more, more serious note and there are two things uh, what make that make this really important thing number one as dr. Bog was saying this is not teach anywhere. And even when it's not necessarily complex, one of the things that it has is an almost unlimited number of variables that affect personality, styles, things you love and don't love. And the second thing is the people who, the people in general, okay, need this, okay? The The things that allow people to do stuff five years ago, okay, don't work anymore. Things are moving too fast. And you see now all these distractions, all these things in the hands of the people. And they have really, in many cases, no system. Uh, Today, we were talking early about the family in the series, not about the family. And I was sharing Dr. Buck that... My kids use Todoist, okay? They have a Todoist account. Are they using it as I use it? No, of course not. But they have every responsibility they have to, as part of living in this household, it is in there and has reminders. And, and once a day, I call them, I check. Okay, If there is any outstanding due, then I call them into my office and they come and they need to report and they have not accomplished them. They need to go and do them right there. And what I'm trying to teach them in part is that my kids are little or at least one of them is little. But what I want to teach them is, well, if you don't, if you do it on your own, I don't need to call you. Right? You did it. You mark it done. That's good. If you don't, then. I need to check with you. And that's what is going to happen in real life. Okay? If you are not productive, if you don't understand, somebody else will make sure that you are. So it is important. And as much as it is not difficult to do, it is unique. And sometimes it's really hard to see inside. You know, there is a popular saying saying there is easy to see. Um, um, for the love of God, the word in Spanish has, has escaped me, Um and a small thing on somebody's eye that something really big on yours. And that is true. It is much easier to see stuff that others are doing that see your own things or your own faults or your own shortcomings. Mm-hmm. So it is because of that things like what I do, like what you do, like Dr. Buck does, of helping others see these patterns and not only at their level, you know, one of the things I'm really, really grateful of this is to being able to enjoy, you know, those conversations with the, the experts or what the others called experts, you know, and, and being able to get their point of view and everything else.
2: So
0: let's get into effective strategies. Sorry, Dr. Buck. Let's get into effective strategies uh, and techniques for being able to teach productivity in these professional and personal relationship settings. What are some of these things that we should be doing? Mm -hmm. Go for it, Dr. Buck.
2: All right. First of all, model it. Model it. You know, I talk about tickler files all the time. You, You know, when I learned about that, I was like eight years old. Watching my dad, he was a lawyer. And that's the first thing he did was open the drawer, pulled out the tickler file for the day. And I understood that it clicked, but I had to see it first. He modeled it and then I picked up on it myself. So other people need to see you and see how, I, I like the word He's use, my my favorite four-letter word, easy. When you teach productivity, things then become easy for other people. So people see things, you know, it, it just makes it look so show me what you're doing, show me how you do that, and then they're pretty receptive to it and it, it works for them.
1: Yeah, that's correct. It's modeling. That's that's the reason I I mentioned at the beginning of the show, my kids are testing uh, to do uh, to mm-hmm. do it. Do I care that they pick a different application later on? No. But what I want is to model. They have certain projects that they have visibility, that I want them to see how it works, that I Mm -hmm. want them to understand they are Mm -hmm. responsible. You know, my kid is responsible that we don't run out of milk. It's an important responsibility. No, he's seven. Okay. It's yeah. fine. But he's responsible and he takes his responsibility really seriously. So when, when that jug of milk gets to a half, you can be sure that he's coming into my mouth and say, dude, milk. Okay. Yeah. And the next step is to teach him. Okay. Now send it to me and to do it. Okay. And There's
0: a perfect task manager for remembering the milk.
1: <laughs> Well, that is true, but my system lives in to-do list, not oh, in yeah, remember yeah. the yeah.
2: <laughs> You know, and I, I think another thing is work from concrete to abstract. I think I would start with showing a child a paper to-do list and let them, let them work with that and experience mark through this, a mark through this. Now it's kind of hard to see what's left because it's all marked through and I don't get something done today and I got to rewrite it on tomorrow's list and then we can move into, well, hey, with this, uh, with this digital list, you just tap it, it goes away. If it doesn't get done today, it rolls over to tomorrow. Um, Add it to mom or dad's list. I don't have to go and find their list and write it on it. I can put it in my phone and it automatically goes away. So start with the concrete and then move to the abstract
1: and that, that's a really interesting point you make yes in fact my kids are starting paper start with checklist
2: yeah. you know
1: these are the routines you need to do these are the things you need to do every day or every night or and and they start in paper and it's now um, given my my daughter much later my son much early because at the end of the day the little one wants to copy the oldest one as we did and or we got copied by depending where in that space you are, but, uh, but because of that, you want to do it that way. But they star on paper and now they are, you know, into the digital and really enjoying it.
0: Yeah, I find it really fascinating when it comes to the the various techniques that we all use in teaching productivity to peers different than our family and friends. I think that in the professional landscape, I am much more inclined to set up a program And to say to everybody, hey, let's all meet and do lunch and learns and go in that more formal perspective. Whereas in the family context, if you're the head of the family, uh, you know, heads of household can kind of establish these kinds of, uh, you know, whatever they might be, you know, policies, uh, disciplinary structures where those things can happen. But they tend not to work as much as uh, kind of putting them on the level Right where you're saying this is a collaborative effort. Let's do this together. And as both of you have talked about modeling as well as setting in some level of structure that they can then see the structure is working for them and then going uh, from there. So I, I like those items. Of course, whenever we're dealing with people, there's also um, the opportunity for it to be fraught. With conflict. And so I'm curious, what are some of those pitfalls that you see when people are trying to espouse, you know, there's a a frequent conversation in the getting things done or GTD space about how do you indoctrinate somebody in GTD? How do you get them to use GTD? Because you know, it's going to help them, but you know that they're going to in some way, shape or form go, whoa, this is very complex, many moving parts. Why would I adapt this time management and task management, this whole idea of, of, you know, consistent uh, action management uh, methodology in my own life. How do we overcome some of those those pitfalls that we would come into contact with? These obstacles that we face when people are uh, being asked to change, change in sometimes fundamental
2: ways. One, I think, is being too too strict about it. That you know that you've got to do it exactly the way I do it because everybody's different. And I think when people have some input into something they're a little more you know we say to children would you rather do a or would you rather do B not a or B or C or D or E or f or G but a or B where and and then they feel like they have some input and either one of those things is okay and I think then also on the flip side being too loose when teaching it there does need to be some structure um some basic principles and then have the flexibility within that?
1: Well, I think there is a couple of things. One is, what are you teaching? Are you teaching personal productivity? Okay. So as, I, as the name says, personal, it's about you. So that is different than when you go into that organizational productivity where you can share, establish certain guides, and everybody's sharing, everybody's seeing the progress, everybody's doing task-based communication instead of inside communication. Those two things make a difference. But in, in general lines, one of the things is start introducing little by little. There is, when you talk, for example, on things like getting things done, sorry, most people can handle the book, okay, or the seminar. It's too much, too many changes at the ch- same time. This is not a one-week project, I I don't remember. I think David Allen in the book says it's a weekend project. I don't think so. Okay, this is a many weeks project. And one of the things is start getting make a list of the elements that you want to incorporate in the family. In the you know when when we start, the first thing we add was the kids, and the kids were allowed to pick a color in their calendar. So they when when you open the family calendar, they see one color for where the things everybody need to go one color for each one of them. So now they belong, they, that calendar belongs to them. When you work into the company, it's the same thing. You need to give the people the possibility to believe that that process, that thing belongs to them. Otherwise, they, why? So instead of trying to say, "Okay, next Monday, we are going to be a GTD house, okay, or a GTD company, or a GTD enterprise, how about next Friday? Everybody has the freedom to get two hours to do a weekly review. And these are the guidelines and these are the things, you know, now that we are working remotely, Hey, get the company into Zoom or Google Meet and let everybody do the weekly review in the camera. We have done it successfully on personal productivity club, you know, Wednesday nights and Friday mornings. So let. People, and then from there, continue growing. What is the next thing? Okay, let's work projects together. Now let's work how we can work into the tax, into the context, into the dividing those next action into small projects. Give small things that people can accomplish instead of saying, okay, by Monday, we are all going to be doing GTD and perfectly perfectly.
0: Their, uh, progress is perfection, right? We're not worried about perfection ever. Um, and so the goal here is to, to think about this, that most conflict comes from people having ultimatums, and the idea of you having a right side to anything. And I think the biggest message we can say, and just continuing on the GTD analogy, the idea of practicing GTD, uh, I believe that the moment you understand what, the ne- what a next action is and you start keeping a list of next, a- next actions, you are practicing GTD. You are now a GTD practitioner. And setting people up for success as opposed to what they're not is, I think, much more useful in terms of de the conflict that sometimes arises. So really using positive behavioral uh, interventions and uh, really recognizing people when they're doing the right things is always going to be more useful in kind of ameliorating the conflict that arises. So it's kind of like with dog training, and not to equate humans with dogs, but I love dogs, and I love humans also. And so they happen to also learn the same way really well. And if you take a dog, and you find them doing the right thing, and you treat them when they do that right thing, uh, then you find them doing the right thing again, and you treat them again, they learn very, very quickly that when they do the right thing, they get treats. And that's really how humans work as well. If we continue to do positive reinforcement and positive re- reward for people doing things, we tend to get more out of them. And so I think that one of the biggest ways we can just reduce conflict is actually by uh, staying on the side of positive and positivity. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I mean, human beings do what works. So our job is to structure the world in such a way that the right thing is the easiest thing and the right thing works and then life just gets so much easier for all of us with with kids, with dogs, with, you, you know, you name it.
0: Absolutely. So this has been a fun conversation to get the party started uh, yes. for anything yeah. but idle. Let us shift into our headlines this week. And so each week, of course, as I noted earlier, we cover and discuss the productivity news headlines of the week. And so with that, let's get into our headlines, Augusto. What is our first headline this week?
1: Well, the first Headline is how to get notified of price drops using Google um, Android. Chrome Android. Right, Chrome Android. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there is a new uh, price function into the Chrome version of the 90 update available on the Google Play Store. And with that, you can track prices on tabs, And then also you can activate to get alerts when certain things or the things you're tracking, you know, get you know, lower price. And uh, it is interesting as a person who started his his professional career selling products and selling technology and, and hardware, uh, I remember how challenging it was to find that information in the early days of Newegg and Amazon and, and Tiger Direct and all those. And, and where still people will trust the retail place, versus the online place. And I was lucky, or or not, I don't know, to experience that transition from where people walk into the retail with with their phone or their tablet or even using the computers and tablets available in the store to check the price online of those products before they walk in away. So, it is interesting how now we have gone to the point that we don't even need to do the effort of search. We can just open them, decide what to track, and get the alerts when the things are going down on price and to the point we may be looking for.
0: Yeah, so in the latest version of Chrome Android, you will see an option under your settings to be able to turn on price notifications, and then below that you can start uh, set, uh price tracking. And then whenever you look at a product page, uh, you know, that comes up, it will actually ask you, do you want to track uh, price drops? And then you will get a notification in your dropdown in Android notifications for those. And it's a fantastic feature. I've been using it and been really pleased with seeing it. If you don't see it in your Android, then update to the latest version from the Google Play Store. And if you don't see it after that, then just give it some time. It's just rolling out in terms of features. The features are rolling out for users. They should be, everyone should have this feature now and i think it's really great because now instead of having to go around tracking product pricing google's going to do it for you and it'll just alert you when a price drops and i've seen some really substantial price drops on some samsung phones where a samsung ultra will drop 200 in the course of a day and it'll just give you a little ping hey by the way this is uh, two hundred dollars less at this particular site do you want to grab it and that's a that's a really great uh, you know cost savings if you can if you can pay attention to the notifications all right
1: on with our next
0: story of this day
1: Sorry, this news is particularly exciting for me. So, Google um, Chrome Desktop will now do that command C, command B for files in, in the version 91. So, it's right now being playing in, in beta, but it's coming. And you will be able in the Gmail.
0: No, I just want to, I want to, I just want to clarify for everybody, command C as in Charlie and can command V as in Victor, uh, just because, you know, oh, V's yeah. and B's in Spanish yes. are a little hey. bit differently sounding. So I just want to make sure everybody was aware of what C Augusta as in just said.
1: Charlie as in copy and V as in Victor as in paste. Right. So um, control,
0: control and or command on the Mac. So control on Windows, command on, on Mac. Go for it.
1: But I, but I think it's really exciting that you are going to be able to do that. Okay, copy the file, paste. Finally, I mean, this is being, I, I'm and I'm particularly excited. Even if I cannot do my C's and my V's, I'm still excited.
0: So, for clarity, here, folks, what you're now able to do is using Google Chrome 91, you will be able to on your desktop copy a file and then go over to your browser where you might have Gmail open or you might have Outlook web open or another email application and then control or command V and that will then paste into the email and attach it as an attachment in that email. To date, you have not been able to do that in for whatever reason. <laughs> and now they're using the, uh, I believe it's called the data transfer uh, capabilities features within Chrome to be able to do that. And it's just basically allowing access to wow. the keyboard from the operating system. This is very, very powerful.
2: Yeah. So, so no more having to click the paperclip box comes up. click the, Just copy, paste.
0: You got it. Yep. Just like uh-huh. a normal email program. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's really bringing first you know first class citizenship to the webmail, and that's just very very powerful. Now, uh, note I said Chrome ninety one, and for those of you who don't know, in full disclosure, I'm one of the Google Chrome product experts, and so I volunteer in the Google Chrome help community to be able to help folks with you know Google Chrome issues. And so uh, we're at Chrome ninety, and so Chrome ninety one is where it's going to come in general uh, availability, so into GA or general release. You can turn it on right now. If you go to uh, uh, chrome colon forward slash forward slash flags, uh, you will be able to actually turn it on under the flags. And so it is available there for you to be able to turn on. And it seems to be fairly stable. I've had it turned on uh, for several weeks now and haven't had any issues. And so you can turn it on uh, by going into there and typing and searching for clipboard file names, file names being all one word, clipboard file names. It'll come up, turn the default to enabled, and you'll have the capability. You'll have to restart your Chrome engine. So you'll have to restart the browser in order for it to work. All right, Augusto, what is our next story this week?
1: Well, apparently I, you know, it is interesting. I, it's been so long since I really look into a Windows machine that thinks like, oh, now the taskbar will use. Widgets and that is something exciting in the Microsoft world. It's like, Oh, really? I didn't know that they didn't have this. So anyways, the taskbar on Windows 10 now will have widgets. Among them, you have, will have the weather, the news, the stock, sports. You know, you will be able to open the taskbar and see the information actually updated in life and, um, as in the 21st century.
0: So this was this is in the in the uh April 2021 cumulative update preview for Windows 10, that is uh, version 20H2, you'll get that patch when it becomes available to you. And so that means uh, most of us will not see this. So, you know, obviously we'll, we'll wait until the later versions uh, roll out. And uh, But once you get that update, I think it's for 21H1 or 21H2, you will see this feature come up. And in essence, what will happen now is in your taskbar, you will see a little uh, uh, widget uh, which will have, like, weather and, and you know, uh, temperature and the weather icon showing. When you click on that, it'll give you some news, and you'll be able to organize those items that show up in that new widget. And that's great. I mean, I think it's really wonderful. I will deactivate it as soon as it becomes available in my system. I don't want any of that clutter uh, in my taskbar. But I, I appreciate what windows is really doing which is bringing a little bit more to the desktop interface what we already experience in terms of widgets on on the smartphone and they're just bringing a little bit of that smartphone goodness to the desktop and while i don't want it i can see why many many people will so i appreciate it i don't want it but i I agree with
1: you i just thought that was something available many years ago i didn't know it was something new
0: no, no. And the other part, I, I believe, is them really just tying into Microsoft Edge. They want to be able to pull up news articles. So you'll click on it and you'll be uh, introduced to Microsoft Edge <laughs> in some way, shape or form. And so they want to really push people to Microsoft Edge. And I think this is a good opportunity for them to be able to do it. Uh, you know, Edge is a Chromium-based browser. So from my perspective, uh, you know, this is a win for everybody to have a great solid browser platform to be running in, whether that be Edge or Chrome or otherwise. So or Brave, I've been playing around with Brave uh, for the past month or so and, and have been really enjoying uh, the Brave browser, which is also Chromium-based, so with a little privacy privacy focus. Okay, onward to some iPad Pro news. Last week we talked about the iPad Pro, and today there was a little bit of news, or this past week there was a little bit of news about the Magic Keyboard.
1: Yeah, the Magic Keyboard, we, we talked about it, and initially there were reports that the new um, ipad pro wasn 't going to be compatible with the old um, Apple magic keyboards, and there was kind of a lot of articles coming back and forward at the surprise, end of the
0: surprise
1: <laughs> at the end of the week. Apple came with uh, an an official answer saying well it 's not that it 's not fully compatible it 's that when you close it it 's not going to close perfectly it 's not going to be There is millimeters of difference between the prior version and this one. And that's causing that it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be functional. It's going to be workable, but it's not going to be Apple like that, AKA looking perfect. So because of that, they did that, but it caused a lot of news on, on the week that, you know, it wasn't going to be or was going to be comfortable. But again, at the end, Apple came with an official clarification saying, nope, it's going to be compatible. It's just that the closing of the thing is not perfect.
0: Yeah, and I, I find that to be really remarkable on Apple's part. I mean, they deserve the lambasting here. They are they are supposed to be known for products just working. And if you're going to do something like the Apple Pencil and the Apple Pencil 2, where you make me buy a different Apple Pencil for a different iPad, uh, come on make sure that the magic keyboard on your iPad pro release works with the magic keyboards from the legacy version or say it doesn't work at all. Redefine the magic keyboard for everybody and don't make them compatible at all. But this idea that you're making them, uh, just maybe work together, uh, just seems like an oversight on their part. And so, you know, I, I understand why people are frustrated. You spend a lot of money on a magic keyboard and then all of a sudden you buy a new iPad pro and all of a sudden the magic keyboard just quite doesn't work right. Uh, that, that is, you know, it works, but it but it's not perfect. That's what you expect from Apple. You expect those design details to really be held to. And uh, it was a, definitely a chink in the dike for me in terms of like, come on, guys, why would you, uh, you know, why would you drop the ball on this one when it's something that seems very obvious to me regarding the Apple iPad Pro matching up with the Magic Keyboard, certainly the first version of it with the second one. So, Well,
1: that or simply, as you said, then call it a new... Call it the new Magic Keyboard, and then there is no exactly. discussion. It's a new one. If you buy the five, you need the new one, and exactly. that's it. And, yeah, it, I agree with you. And it, it was silly for them to to make such a dumb mistake.
0: And with dumb mistakes, on to our sponsor this week. Uh, we're going to take a word from our sponsor this week, Coworking Space by Productivity uh, Personal Productivity Club. When we come back from the break, we'll have more with Dr. Buck and Augusto. We'll be talking about some productivity articles we uh, culled from the interwebs. So we'll see you after the break.
3: While working in person may be normal for you, it's unlikely your coworkers are as interested in being productive as you are. Or working remotely or from home can be isolating. And there's something powerful about being with productive people, even virtually, that helps you be more engaged. If a flavor of these sounds familiar, Coworking Space by Personal Productivity Club is for you. Coworking Space is a virtual work community designed to help members be more effective and efficient in their work and personal lives. At its core, we provide goal tracking and host focused action sessions throughout the week for accountability and camaraderie. Visit anythingbutidle.com forward slash coworking to learn more. Coworking Space lives inside Personal Productivity Club, a digital community for personal productivity enthusiasts. So you can find people who use methods and tools you do too. Again, head over to com forward slash co to see how co-working space can help you be more productive. And now back to our show. Welcome back,
0: everybody, to Anything But Idle. I'm Ray Sidney Smith with Augusto Panaud and our panelist today, Dr. Frank Buck. We are covering the productivity news headlines of the week. We just covered our tech headlines, and now we are on to our productivity articles segment of the week. Augusto, what is our first article this week?
1: The first one comes from Michael Hyatt podcast, Lead to Win, and it's called The Power of Identifying Your Non-Negotiables. And, and the 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 goal of the podcast was to you know, constr- foster um, acquire the key components to overcoming your addiction to overwork, to the way that your non-negotiables change season to season or time to time, and you know what questions should you ask yourself to identify those non-negotiable. Um, It was a good podcast. I and 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 I believe the non negotiables are really, really important. And yes, they need to be the big blocks that make everything else around. And and I agree with some of the things said on the podcast, maybe not maybe not with everything, but some of the things in which it is really, really important to identify which ones are those non negotiables, you know, and and we were joking before before the show start, you know, uh, because at the time, Dr. Buck has been kind enough to be on the show multiple times. And we know that Brandy, his dog, is waiting for that bell to ring so she can get some treat. <laughs> yeah. And Dr. Buck says, oh, I turn it off. And then the bell starts ringing. Yeah. And Brandy was barking really happy. Well, that's a non-negotiable for Brandy. Okay. But she's mm-hmm. really clear about it. Sadly. Like the bell rings?
2: Feed me. That's, feed you
1: know. <laughs> me. Sadly, not a, we tend not to have those negotiable as clear, and it is really important to identify them, to discover, and to really execute them.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's kind of like, where's the yes and where's the no? And if, if, if you don't have those defined, then the best things in life get pushed off the table by the things that really don't matter.
0: Yeah, they, they talked about some really good items regarding non-negotiables. Uh, the episode was clearly focused on selling their new book. And, course, uh, so yeah. I, I got, I got a lot of that sense from the episode, but the vignette that Uh, Michael Hyatt told at the beginning of the podcast or the beginning ish of the, of the topic of the episode, uh, was really powerful. And I, and I, and I, if you haven't listened to the episode, I recommend doing so for that very reason. And, you know, it's just a reality factor, which is that, you know, we have to be able to create boundaries and those boundaries really do help us be more productive. And, it's unfortunate when those around us who are there to support us in our relationships and families uh, don't ad- abide by those boundaries, but it's important for us to, to still have them and to hold to them because that's, what's going to make us more productive. And so yeah. I appreciated the message of the episode.
2: Yeah. I, I have not listened to that particular podcast episode, although I've listened to a lot of Michael's work. And of course at one time he was having near about work himself to death and nearly lost his family. And uh, I think he learned from that and is now it's, it's a good faith effort to teach other people, you know, don't make the same mistakes I did.
0: Absolutely. Now on to wanting more time for your meaningful work, a Leo Babauta article.
1: And it was sharing the story of somebody, you know, on the program, but the, he shares some ideas on the article, you know, about creating a structure. That comes back to those negotiables, okay? Mm-hmm. What are those negotiables so you can create a structure around them? You know, I I don't take, you know, there are certain times on the day that I don't take meetings because that's the time I spend with the kids. Sorry, that's non negotiable. Okay? Part of the enchantments for me of working from home when before pandemic was go and pick them up at school every day. And that time was blocked in my calendar because that was the time that I wanted to get there. I wanted to pick them up. I wanted to listen about their day before we get home and then they could go homework play and I can go back to work. But that wasn't non-negotiable for me. And and like that, you know, that that has been on the calendar for different things, you know, reading time, create, you know, more space, really replenish yourself, you know, bring some he called it some scent to disruptions and frustrations. And so we need to understand what they are. And I tell the story, you know, my kids has been into this world of productivity all their life. And there are certain things, and we've been being in meetings, okay, formal and less formal meetings, and they will stand up next to my desk waiting, okay? And they know only to come if it's important. Now, here is a clarification. It's not important to me. It's important to them. Because if you expect that it's going to be important for you, what you're going to cause is that frustration. You know, it's important to them. And if, if what they come is really not important at all, then it's your job to teach them what is important. And that the example I'm giving is to my kids, but apply as well. To my coworkers, up and down. I mean, up is a little bit more challenging when it's your boss, but can be trained. And I have told the story in this podcast before about the boss who loved to meet at noon. And then HR, you know, he called me every day or every other day at eleven forty-five. And then when I meeting ends, I go to lunch, come back, and I found the HR guy like, "Hey, dude, lunch twelve to one." Like, yeah. But I was meeting with. Lunch, 12 to 1. Fine. After a certain number of meetings and me meeting with the HR guy, after that, I went and talked to my boss and said, okay, we have a problem here. Or we need to stop meeting at 11.45 or you need to call the HR guy and tell him that I'm meeting with you because me getting called because I'm going for lunch late is not working for me. It doesn't work well. So there is two options in here. You call the guy or you take me to lunch, period. So, or would you change the time of the meeting? What ended up happening was the next time he called me at 11.45, I stand up in the desk in the door of his office and say, where well, we're going for lunch. And he looked at me surprised. Mm-hmm. said, I told you, there are three options. You call the HR guy, you take me to lunch, or you change the time of the meeting. Those are the only three options. So you told not fine, we will do it in the afternoon. But re- the, as a matter of fact, that was the time he liked it to meet. So what ended up happening is I enjoy a lot of free lunches because of that. Yeah. Okay, But again, is changing that disruption and that frustration to something positive. And that sometimes required to pay attention to that and to understand what you need to do to bring that. So mm-hmm. It was a really nice article. I, I need to admit that I like some of the stuff that Leo writes, um, or a lot of the stuff that Leo writes. And I'm particularly fun and I, I have some admiration with his stories. So, uh, it was really meaningful for me.
2: Yeah, I I thought it was a good article. And within the same article, he's talking about the real structure of having certain things that you do on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and batching those items and structure, structure, structure. And then you scroll down the page and you start to see words like bringing freedom and joy and uplifted. So here's my question. Are those opposites or are those two sides of the same coin? Is one necessary? in order to have the other one.
0: Yeah, I really think that they are complementary. They're complementary mm-hmm. components, kind of yin and yang. I, I I read it in the same way, Dr. Buck, in the sense that if you are trying to organize your world, you need to know what the boundaries of your days are going to look like. Mm-hmm. And when you can understand the efficiencies of your days, a la your routines, your routines are then capable of becoming this lattice work on which you can attach more and better work. And you can actually get more done when you understand those routines and you set them up. Mm-hmm. They can be different every day, yeah. but as long as you know what they're going to be, they're going to be. And that means you have this freedom. If you have the discipline to follow your routine uh, you know, framework, then you have the freedom to be able to do the expressive, creative uh, work that you want to be able to do. This kind of flow work that really is so important uh, to you, whatever is the meaningful work you want to do in life. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah. really enjoyed the article from yeah. from
2: Leo. And, and when you know where the boundaries are, you go. You can go right up to that boundary. You know, you, you've got the whole canvas in which to paint on. When you don't know where the boundary is, you tend to just kind of go right down the middle. You just, you stifle yourself because you never know when you're going to fall off the cliff. You don't know where the edges are.
0: Yeah. it's like being blindfolded. Yeah. All right. So what is our next productivity article this week?
1: So now that we give you to identify your non-negotiables, getting the structure. Now let's find you a to-do list a strategy that works for you. And, and really my opinion tied up with what we were discussing early. You know, we, and what we discussed at the beginning about helping families and friends and coworkers—what works for you may not work for others. But what is important is that you find something that works for you. You know, mm-hmm. we we have done in in Productivity Cast. We have discussed about um, the bullet journal. Okay, there is people who swear by the bullet journal that has changed their life. I have tried, okay, and I have failed miserably every time, okay? Not only that, way, many, many years in life back, in, in an old life, okay, I used to love the lavender books, okay, and the pages, and I spend more money than I'm going to admit, okay, in lavender products, and they are incredible products, super high-end I love my iPad and my pencil, and I can do all the papers, everything in there in one thing, but that's what worked for me i I was the guy buying books or ebooks from peanut Press that was the first company who produced ebooks way before Amazon came with a Kindle because then I needed one the thing to carry with me so that has been something that is ingrained in what I do, what works for me, it is really important. But at the same time, when I do coaching, and when I work with clients, that's one of the first questions. What's your style? Are you a paper person? Are you digital? Are you mixed? What do you like? What did you enjoy? You know, are you like me, who lived iPad only and been iPad only since two 2000- thousand? God knows, 8, 12, uh, 2012, okay? That has been my main machine, regardless what you think. But that's what worked for me. So what works for you? And that applies so strongly to your to-do list. Mm -hmm.
2: All right. Dr. Buck? Yeah, you know, and the thing with so many people is their system is I don't have a system. So with this article, the big takeaway for me is, you know, have a system. Put some thought into it, you know. Think it beginning to end, and then implement it and stick with it. And if it starts to go off the road a little bit, clean up the system, and yep, you know, invest the time into it to really make it work. Lots of things work. Pick yeah, one. absolutely. Go with it.
0: Yeah. Yep. It is personal. Productivity and so make it personal. And the um, next article is a doist article on the life changing magic of tidying up your to do list. And so they kind of interpreted Marie Kondo's con Marie method into uh, setting up a to do list strategy. Uh, what did you think about that article, gentlemen?
2: You know, go go, Doctor Buck, please. Well, you know, to, to me, half half of it is is the tidying it up, the cleaning up the list. Um, you know, what, like anything else, it can get it. It can get to the point without a little maintenance. It gets to the point where you don't trust what's on the list, and then you don't look at it, and you're back to keeping things in your head or sticky notes around the computer monitor. Or, or you've got to invest a little bit of time to, to clean things up. I think Ray, you and I. What, what was the the book we did on personal productivity club where it used the analogy over and over of A cook putting things back in place and that the very best chefs, they're constantly cleaning things up. And it's not that that takes time. It's that ultimately it saves time because, you know, where everything is and put your hands on what you need when you need it.
0: That is Work Clean by Dan Charnas. And uh, the whole concept of mise en place, and uh, and the the way in which chefs use mise en place as a methodology in their own work life, bringing that into the personal productivity space. Yeah, it's a great book. I, I think it's one of the really top personal productivity methodologies explained in a really cohesive way. Uh, so I love Work Clean by Dan Charnas. Mm-hmm. And it's also called, I think, Everything in Its Place in one of the Amazon Kindle versions. Yeah,
2: he's renamed it or something I I think that that just makes the title come across – to the average person who's not familiar with the book, the title comes across more exactly what it is.
0: Yeah, I still love the work clean title, but everything yeah, in its place like, is like yeah. the I think it's the audiobook version yeah. versus the the uh paperback or something like that. So absolutely. Uh I thought it was a really well done, thorough article. I thought that it gave a lot of really great insight into uh some of the things that Con Marie really espouses, uh certainly starting off with why. That's a very Dr. Covey, seven habits of highly effective people kind of message for me. So it it speaks to me in that sense. And I felt like it walked people through a method. Pretty cohesively, and so I felt I felt good about that, and I think that anyone can start from that place and then uh, personalize it, customize it to their needs, and so that's all good there. All
1: yeah, right. it was it was a really fantastic article.
0: Great, let's go on to Klauswitz and the concept of friction. Uh, so this was a uh, uh, an art of manliness, I think, article. Uh, talk to me about your thoughts on Klauswitz, the general, and his thoughts on friction.
1: Well, you know, it goes back to, to you know, there is a quote in that article that says everything in the war is simple, but the simple thing is difficult. The difficulties accumulate and end by producing the kind of friction that is unconceivable unless one has experienced war. And when I read that, I say, oh, you may refer to the certain to-do list that I have seen in the past, because... When we explain the concept of the things that we need to do on the to do list, per se, it's really simple. The problem are those little things that start accumulating, that thing you capture that you capture poorly. You know, that thing that you write instead of saying, send an email to Dr. Buck about to do his program, you write, Buck. To do it. Okay. And now you're trying to What rethink does that it.
2: mean?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and the the interesting thing is that those little things start causing friction, and that friction seems to be accumulating mm-hmm. into that system really until a point that unless you have been on a system that has failed you for that, you don't know what it is. So, so, part so there was of, a couple.
3: Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish.
1: Part of your job with this list and 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 i try to sort the articles to what makes sense to me in order wise obviously but um it is that is look into if you can follow that understand those negotiables understand what what you want what the strategies how to make it more one of the things you are inevitable going to find is to what are the frictions on your system? Mm -hmm. What are the things on your system that are not allowing you to experience the prior and that are not allowing you to move forward? And the more you spend looking into them and clean them up and polishing them and getting rid of them,
2: the better your trip will be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these days we hear so much about do the big things, do the important things, And we feel bad if we're eliminating the friction, if we're handling the little things. But it's the preventive maintenance that keeps the wagon wheel from falling off. And then the little thing becomes a huge thing. (laughs) Yeah, I got to repair the wagon. So I think we don't need to feel bad about doing those little things, doing the little things that remove the little bit of friction that makes the whole system just work so much better together. The little wd forty.
1: Or duct tape,
2: duct. <laughs>
1: like, if but it's supposed comes- to move, if it's supposed to move, it's WD forty. If it's supposed not to move, it's duct. It's duct tape. tape. Yeah.
0: So, so there's a couple pieces here that I think are important to understand. Maybe a contemporary quotation will help here, which is Mike Tyson is noted as saying that everybody has a plan until you get till you get punched in the face, right? And and that's really what Clausewitz is really talking about here, and the the notion that friction is better related to kind of a science analogy. And I tend to use this in the, in the science analogy, which is we need enough, enough friction for tires to be able to uh, actually move us forward, right? If tires don't have frictions, they would just spin in place. So we need enough friction to be able to move things forward, but too much friction and inertia sets into place and we won't be able to move the tires at all. And so we're we're basically finding that right space, that right amount of friction in order to be able to move things forward. People complicate things, that's a clear one. And that doesn't mean that the friction can't be bad. It can actually really be vital and bring vitality to any given project. And I found the article to be uh, just really um, one of those things where, you know, there's a bit of stoicism in there. There's a bit of, uh, you know, just thinking through how do we make ourselves um, fully invest in the work that we're doing and understanding that friction is a part of that work that we're doing, and it can actually be uh, fruitful. I really like the four components that he talks about in the article here of these elements of, uh, of, of being able to, to move forward with these things. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm scrolling up here to find the four elements because I thought they were really interesting. One was staunchness. Uh, let me find it here. I don't know why I've lost my, uh, my place in the document here. Um, does anybody else? Oh, here is it. He, he gives a uh, staunchness, um, which is the ability to not get rattled by a single setback or failure and what I, what, uh, what I consider a stumble, right? How to stumble well because stumbling is not hitting the ground, stumbling is just, you know, um, faltering and then writing yourself, endurance, uh, strength of mind, you know, uh, mental, emotional fortitude. And uh, the whole notion here is that we're capable of utilizing these attributes. Uh, So energy, which is emotional energy, staunchness, endurance, and strength of mind were the four that he uses as these components for being able to have strength of will uh to be able to move forward with uh with any given project. I-, I liked those components there. Uh and you know, it's a heady topic, but I but I think that Klauswitz really uh represents an old world view, a romantic view of dealing with and overcoming challenge, uh in this case what he's calling friction.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So those are headlines this week. And that takes us on to our tools of the week before we get to our story of the week. Uh, let's get into our tool, new tools of the week. And so Augusto and I come across many personal productivity tools and services each week. And in new tools of the week, we each bring you a tool we think you might like. And, of course, we invite our panelist today, Dr. Buck, to uh, also share one of those. And so today we're going to be talking about a couple of different items. First and foremost is a tool called... Duolingo. And Duolingo is an application that you can use in order to learn languages. And I've been using Duolingo for years and years and years, and just really enjoy it for a number of reasons. One, it has a whole bunch of really great languages, including Klingon. Um, so... <laughs> So if you want to learn Klingon, it is in there. I, I kid you not. And the the idea here is that, uh, so our Trekkies in the house uh, will understand. Uh, and so the idea here is that you are uh, gamifying your language learning approach. And each day you just do a little bit to be able to practice it, including recording your voice against uh, pre-recorded, uh sound profiles of native speakers saying words and phrases and so you're capable of going through and doing all of this really sophisticated uh learning while in this gamified approach where you're you're uh leveling up and you're making your way from one lesson to the next and getting rewards you can even join uh, little groups where you are doing this in competition with friends in a leaderboard and it's just a fun application that gives you immediate Uh, clear feedback in terms of what's right and what's wrong. And it gives you the ability to practice daily uh, on languages. It's free. You can level up and, you know, pay for certain parts to be gotten rid of like ads and so on and so forth, but you don't need to pay if you don't want to. And, you know, language is really the way in which you connect with other people uh, in the world. I can't find another better way to spend time uh, liberally, that is in, in a free uh, sense, than to uh, do language learning. And so Duolingo is there for you, and I think it's a great tool. Augusto, what's your tool this week?
1: Well, since you cannot learn to speak keys with Duolingo, I will not use it for now. That's not true. Um, but... Um, the first tool, the first, the the tool in the week for me is Amazon Kids Plus. It used to be called Kindle of Free Time Unlimited, and I, you know, my kids. I bought a Kindle uh, for my kids, not the tablet, the the reader, and it is the only device they're allowed to get to bed. And there are two deals with that. I they have the Kindle, okay? That is as you can. See on the screen, $2.99 a month for for kids. When you get two kids, I think it's four bucks. okay? And they have a really incredible big library. The other thing I do, since we have been talking about education and all that, reading is important for me and it's important for my kids. So we have a rule. If the book is not available in Amazon Kids Plus, I'm happy to buy it. And the condition for me to buy it is you need to finish the last book. And that has allowed me to buy them a lot of books, but also for them to read, you know, for the age that they have significantly, you know, my, both my kids uh, finish a lot of books every, every month. Uh, so it's, I'm happy to, to spend that money. And I think if you have kids, and since we are in education month, this is an incredible, incredible gift. Buy them a Kindle, put this thing in there, and let them read until they are tired.
0: Fantastic. All right. Dr. Buck, what is your new tool this week? This- my,
2: my new tool this week is Google Photos. Now you're going, Frank, Google Photos, thats not exactly new. But what is new is what's about to happen on June the 1st. And so May needs to be a get in on Google Photos Month. Here's the thing. Up until now, Google Photos has been free, and anything you upload, it didn't count against your Google storage limit of 15 gigabytes. Starting June 1st, that changes. It's still free, but what you upload does count against those 15 gigabytes. So a lot of people are going, oh, well, where am I going to take my photos now that I can't upload everything for free? They're looking at it all wrong. Here's the way we need to look at it. Google has announced that your grandfather, anything that you already have in Google Photos will not count against the 15 gigabytes. And anything you upload before June 1st won't either. So here's what we all need to do. Take every photo we've got and upload it to Google Photos. The only caveat, um, the quality, you want to choose not original quality, but high quality. Now, and there's another little caveat. If somehow you've messed up along the way and you've uploaded things to original quality, there is a way to figure that out. I did a blog post a while ago. If you just if you go to my website, frankbuck.org, and just search for Google Photos. That'll bring you to that post that that tells you what I've just told you. And it also shows you where to go to see if You've got some things counted against your 15 gigabytes from Google Photos already. And if so, how to get those photos compressed for you so that that's at zero. So May needs to be get everything in Google Photos month for us all.
0: Absolutely. Google Photos is such a fantastic application, and so it gives you so many great features. And so, yes, get your Google Photos organized before the deadline, and then going forward, you can easily keep and manage your photos from there. Yeah. Wonderful. Great selection all around, gentlemen. And so onward to our story of the week, Uh continuing on with some Amazon goodness. Let's talk about our story of the week, Augusto.
1: So Amazon has this Fire HD tablet, and I think timely to, you know, getting out of school, coming to the next year, now that we have experienced all that, you know, they came with what they call the productivity bundle. So basically, you're going to get a Fire HD 10 tablet of 32 gigabytes, and you're going to get a Bluetooth keyboard and 12... and 12 months of uh, Microsoft 365 personal subscription. Uh, The subscription will auto-renew. So if you don't want it to renew, you need to go to the settings and deactivate the auto-renew. But what is interesting to me is you have been able to use these fires. At the end of the day, these fires run um, Chrome OS, okay, or a version of Chrome OS, Chromium. And, what is interesting is now they're finally getting to turn it into a Chromebook, into well, affordable. You know, it's two hundred and twenty bucks. It's comparative to the Lenovo Duet, uh, price wise. I I think the, the Lenovo Duet it's a fantastic option. It's what I'm using to record this show right now. Um, but it gives if you live into that Amazon ecosystem, it's great. On top of that, I'm going to say, as a parent, if there there is no better parent protections than what Amazon established, it's better than Apple, better than Chrome or, or Google per se, and it is fantastic. You can do things like saying, my kid can watch the TV only when he reads two hours, okay? And they will track all that for you. So if you're looking for a device for your kid to... Go this the next of the year the next year that is, basically where they are going to need some of that Office 365. Hey, this is an incredible option.
0: Yeah, so just a quick correction: it is Fire OS, so it is not a variant of Chrome OS, but a variant of Android OS, and so it's running an Android um, uh, operating system that that amazon has branded as fire os uh so uh but yeah it's a fantastic uh bundle for kids uh at at 219 uh usd it's going to be available may 26th and clearly this is aimed at summer and fall back to school kind of uh thought here which is to get kids a device that you can do this now a couple of points here if you buy one of the amazon kindle uh uh, kids tablets, it actually comes with that free time unlimited for a year, you get a free year worth of that uh, kids plus. So be mindful of that, you kind of have to balance out the pieces here that if you have a younger child, and you want to be able to have something that's going to uh, be a little bit more durable, that kids tablet bundle has the bumper, it has basically a case that you can chuck across the room with the Kindle tablet in it. <laughs> And, uh, and it has a screen protector as well, plus a warranty, meaning that you can crack it over your knee and then call Amazon and say, oops, uh, don't do that. That's that. But, but I mean, <laughs> if it legitimately breaks, uh, with your kids, you can go ahead and talk to Amazon and they will, uh, replace it through their warranty program. So that, that it's a, I think it's a, a one or two year warranty. You can look it up in the, in the Amazon, uh, uh, Kindle section and, uh, in the fire tablet section and see. So like balance out the pricing here because those Amazon Kindle fire tablets are really, um, inexpensive. They're not coming with the Microsoft 365 personal subscription, but. Most of your kids are going to actually be in the Google workspace for education mm-hmm. space. So having a Microsoft 365 subscription will not necessarily be that useful to them. So you have to kind of balance out some of those pieces. And, uh, Dr. Buck, in your, in your experience, are you seeing more kids on, uh, on Chromebooks today with Google? Absolutely. Chromebooks. Yes. Yeah. So, so I think an Android tablet with Google, you know, pieces in them, being that Fire OS is already an Android tablet where you can install all of the Android applications you need, is going to be powerful. But maybe the 365 personal subscription is not really worth it. So you got to kind of balance out those pieces here. But I think it's a really interesting play that Microsoft is making here to be able to get into the education space. I would presume that they were really trying to make a a true step in here. They would have somehow worked with the school systems to be able to tie these pieces in but they didn't so I'm, I'm just a little curious what they're trying to get at here. It also doesn't come with a screen protector. it would have been really nice if they um, had a screen protector here and I would also note that this is a 32 2 gigabyte one you can go up to 64 gigabytes and that is still ad supported. If you don't want ads, And you click on that. Notice the price, uh, jump up to $274.99. So you're at $275 USD if you want it to have a, the highest memory and without ads. Okay. So just be mindful of the pricing structure here. Amazon is obviously, uh, this is still, I mean, really great price for, a a student device, Mm -hmm. but you know, you're, you're getting up there in terms of price. And at this price point, you know, there's a Lenovo duet that you can purchase that's going to have a full desktop operating system with Android available to it, and it's going to be a pretty nice device quality wise for the child. so i'm I'm just like, is the Microsoft three sixty five subscription really worthwhile here is my is my thought.
1: Well, the exciting part, I think is seeing the first fire with the productivity bundle as they call it, and I hope that this is not the last one.
0: No, I think it's I think it's really great and uh and and uh in, in terms of, you know, having options out in the marketplace, I think it's good that Microsoft is, uh, is is playing nice with others. Uh you know, they have uh stepped into that game with Samsung as we talked about at the Samsung Galaxy Unpacked event last week and they have been playing nice with with uh a lot of different organizations and clearly, you know, they they're running Android, so you know, they have to be uh in some way shape or form in partnership with Google as an OEM. And so it's, this is nice to see uh, Microsoft continuing to step out there. Microsoft is up their game in terms of their Android apps, you know, like using Word or off, really Microsoft Office on Android uh, seems kind of like uh, an uh, uh, kind of anachronism to say that, you know, uh, you would ever do that. Uh, but um, the reality is, is now you can do it. You can do pretty, pretty well. Uh, Outlook works. I think Outlook is one of the best email tools on the Android platform. Uh, like, Oh my God. I can, I can't believe I'm saying that, right? Uh, <laughs> but Outlook is just really, uh, really working well on the Android platform. And that's thanks to Microsoft recognizing that working on both iOS and Android is imperative for the success of Microsoft in the long term. And they're seeing Amazon as a, as an additional extension there as well. So. All right, gentlemen. Uh, we have reached the uh, end of the show, uh, Doctor Buck. If folks want to keep up to date with you and the great work you're doing we, in the we world,
1: have, we, before you, you you say goodbye to Doctor Buck, there is three <laughs> announcements is coming year, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I'm sorry, go for it. We got so, some some first, announcements. The first announcement is tomorrow. Doctor Frank Buck and myself are mm-hmm. doing. Uh, a free conference in our conversation, similarities and differences between Remember the Milk and Todoist on the Personal mm-hmm. Productivity Club. If you are watching live, it's tomorrow. If you are listening, is today. Uh, but if not, the, the replay will be available on Personal Productivity Club. Uh, also, uh, if you are interested on the Microsoft Build 2021, that's their developer conference, you can start getting there. It's going to be virtual, standing May 25th mm-hmm. to through May 27. Uh, also, as we mentioned, we record the Samsung Unpack last week and we record a special event for that. It was published on Friday. And finally, last week, iPad and iOS and Mac released uh update and they today op- released a second update for security issues. So it's 14.5.1 or 11.3.1. So if you're listening to this, go and check to update.
2: Fantastic. Fantastic, yeah. yeah. I'm
0: looking forward to watching the event tomorrow or today, depending upon whether you're watching or listening. And uh, so with that, officially now, Dr. Buck, uh, where can folks keep up to date with you?
2: FrankBuck.org. That's where it all happens. Come on over. Get on my email list. Got a couple of good free gifts for you right off the bat. You also see uh, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Dr. Frank Buck on either of those two platforms. So um, come and let's get connected.
0: Yep, and that is Dr. Frank Buck for those who are listening. And so thank you, as always, for joining us here on Anything But Idle, Frank. It
2: was a pleasure.
0: Take care. righty Gusto. thanks so much yeah, for joining me, pleasure. as always. Yes, yes. It <laughs> pleasure. All right, everybody. Uh, and with that, we've covered the productivity news of the week. We'll be back here next week for Anything But Idle. If we missed a story, we are likely tracking those in the extra stories in the show notes. So check those out. But if we really did miss a story, feel free to contact us at anythingbutidle.com. You can go to the, the contact page and let us know. You can also comment on the episode, the show episode page, and uh, let us know in the comments. And let all the other folks reading know as well. Uh, you can tweet or DM us at... Uh, anything but idle at anything but idle on twitter and if you have a question or a comment about anything else we discussed on the show you can leave a comment on the episode page at anything this is going to be forward slash zero five eight that's the episode number so anything but idle.com forward slash zero five eight uh, will take you to the episode page once it's published and you'll be able to comment there uh, while you're on anything but idle uh, there on the episode page you will find our show notes those will have links to all the stories we covered the new tools of the week some extra stories, the stories we can't cover in our time frame during the show, and it also includes a text transcript, both for both for download and for reading. If you click the read more link on every episode page, it'll expand and you can actually read along while you listen. It's a machine generated transcript, so it's not going to be perfect, but it gets you uh, through the episode and you can kind of track along. Uh, if this is your first time watching the live stream, feel free to click the subscribe button and the notification bell icon so you get notified when we have new episodes. If you are listening to us for the first time in your podcast app of choice, make sure to follow and or subscribe subscribe is better than follow that just downloads the episodes automatically for you whereas follow just gives you a notification in the apple podcast world but either way feel free to follow us there you can find instructions on anything but idle.com just click on the follow or subscribe tab and it will give you instructions for being able to do that and of course you can leave a rating a review you can thumbs up our video on youtube if you're watching there and that helps us know that we're doing good work, but also it tells the, uh, the algorithms, the social network gods that we're doing the right things and brings new small business, I'm sorry, personal productivity uh, friends into the fold. Uh, I talk about small business all day, so I get, I get uh, uh, conflated there. But anyway, um, thank you for doing that. And with that, um, see you all next time on Anything But Idle. Here's to your productive life.